0: Good morning everyone, it's really good to see everybody. Thanks for that beautiful music and uh, resonates with what we're talking about today which is God's faithfulness. Um, And our faithful response to his faithfulness, right? Last week we were having testimonies and uh, when I got up in the morning I prayed about it, and I thought, well, you know, I'm an elder, and uh, you know, I'm, I don't like to put myself under law, but you know, you still feel like, hey, you know, I maybe should have something and didn't have a thing, and uh, it was just silence, and I was like, okay, Jesus, what are you trying to tell me? And then Julia said she had something, so I said, okay, I'm here to support you today, but as I was listening to the testimonies, I just uh, I felt like the Spirit was inspiring me with everything that was being said, because what I kept hearing— through everybody's message. The cumulative effect of that was God is faithful. I kept hearing that over and over, even though there were different stories and different people. There were challenges faced in 2020. Obviously, we all share the one challenge of going through this global pandemic and all the the, the issues that we've had to face and walking through that. But then just the individual personal challenges, family challenges, um, And opportunities changes that came into people's lives in 2020 and um, and just the way that God was guiding and guarding and giving that's alliteration I'm not really a preacher but I throw that out at you but it's true he was guarding and guiding and giving over and over and over again and I thought faithfulness that's it and I kind of crept here along the side and and uh, Ryan Ruff saw me, he said, well, go to get up there. And before I knew it, <clears throat> Justin stepped up and closed things down. And I thought, well, God's faithful, but I'm not sure about Justin. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know you're watching Justin, so it's, it's cool, we're good. Um, but um, the verse that came to my mind was uh, Exodus 34, verse six. And um, <clears throat> it says there, This is God himself speaking, the Great I am. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And it says a few things after that, but I landed on faithfulness and I thought, that is so remarkable if you think about that, that message that God spoke. Because (laughs) this is right after he has rescued Israel. From Egypt and of course he has shown himself faithful to them over and over he he judged Egypt he rescued them he fulfilled his promises 400 years of waiting fulfilled God had come through he had been faithful and um, but he had also been you know in the midst of that a judging God right he judged Egypt and actually this particular scene happens just after uh, Moses had gone down to break up the golden calf party, and um, and God had hit the, the Israel with a plague because of their idolatry, and He called them stiff-necked, and He said, Moses, I'm just going to wipe them out and let's start all over again. <laughs> but He says here that He is faithful, that He comes through, and. It's true. It was true for Israel. It is true for us. This is how, if you think about it, God could have described himself as he's passing by Moses. He's, he's set Moses in the cleft of a rock because Moses had asked right before this, show me your glory. And he's like, well, you can't see my face because you'll die. <laughs> but he passes by him after he's kind of tucked him away, and he said, I'll put my hand over you. And you'll, you'll be able to see me as I go by, but you won't be able to see me face to face. And that would have just been amazing right there, right? Just to have been in the presence, even just to see God's backside, right? Would have been crazy because he is who he is. He's all powerful, he's all the almighty. Psalm eight, I've been working through the Psalms here recently. It says, how majestic is your name in all the earth? I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you've set in place what is man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him but he does he cares for us he cared for Israel and like I said as I, if I would have been in Moses' shoes there I would have been shaking in my shoes but uh, he probably was but it would have been amazing just to have been in the presence of God and God probably didn't even if you think about it didn't even have to say a word but he does he speaks and what does he speak about he doesn't speak about the fact that he's a judging God or an all-powerful God <clears throat> you know or a judge of all the earth or any of those things but he says I'm compassionate and I'm gracious I'm actually slow to anger and I'm faithful and I thought about that in terms of our church I thought about how true that has been That he had continued to show himself faithful to us through all of 2020 through our eight years of being here through everything that's coming down the road that you know we haven't planned this is in the mind of god i really believe that he has sustained us he's lifted us up he's maintained our faith in him he's allowed us to get through difficult bumps in the road you know uh I was describing uh, 2020 to somebody recently, and I said, you know, it's kind of like that scene in Star Wars, that the first one, right? The middle of the trilogy, or the middle of those nine is the best, I think, but you know, let's not have that debate. But you know, where Leah and Luke and Chewbacca and Han are in the trash compactor. Didn't 2020 feel like you were in the middle of a trash compactor at times? I really did feel like I was getting scrunched. And it's not over, by the way, you know, but, But he's faithful and he has kept us going he's kept us motivated he's kept julie and me motivated in our house church we've just seen god do amazing things with the people in our house church we love these guys and um, many of them i hope are watching from wherever they're at all over the country right now but um, we've seen god do a lot and we've seen god do things in our elder team and we've seen him do things in this whole church i mean for goodness sake who starts an evangelism training in the middle of a pandemic? That's gotta be some either crazy people or a faithful God. How about both? How about a people who trust that crazy God and faithful God? Because now is the time when people are asking questions, what is life about? Now is the time when we can, even in the midst of this, find ways by his help and power to connect and find God's base Uh, to ask questions to listen to listen to what's going on in people's hearts god did that god did an evangelism training for this church in the middle of a pandemic just let that sink in for a second who in the world starts a capital campaign in the middle of a pandemic let that one brew in your head for a moment nobody well people who trust god that's who it is And that's what he did. Not only that, you know, it looks like we're over halfway to our goal already. That's just Jesus showing off and being good and being faithful like he said he is. He's just living out of who he is when he does these things. He helped us to find a family ministry team lead from within our own family here. Fulfilling what we say is our mission to raise up disciples who can disciple and leaders who can lead and develop more leaders. The multiplying effect of what, not what we're saying we should do but what God says we should do in the church. And we have a guy that's come from our own body here who's been raised up and who is going to be carrying on the process of developing disciples and new leaders in the family ministry and we thank God for that. God's added to our elder team. That's remarkable. He's kept, on our, kept us on mission, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and connecting in our house churches and he's shown us ways to bless our neighbors. Instead of <clears throat> the church shrinking, I look out here today and I'm thinking, my goodness. You know, we don't, we don't have context, right? We don't have the context of all the churches in America, but I tell you, I read. And there are many, many congregations that are struggling. And I'm not saying that we haven't, okay? I, I wanna be clear with you today about that, we have. We, we've, we've individually, and you know, there's been times of struggle, but in general, we see thriving happening here. God has shown us as a whole church and as our, are ind, ind, not independent, well, anyway, individual house churches to thrive and connect and grow I think to, you know, when I think about God as in his faithfulness, he is the builder of all this. It's not that me or Jay Benicky or Jay Jackson or Kevin or Justin or Ryan or Tristan or anybody else is all that smart and wise that, well, oh yeah, we figured out how to grow the church in the middle of a pandemic. No. This is all God. Even in the midst of this, he has shown us Uh, One thing above all things is that we need connection. We need relationship. Whether it's in hardship or in the things uh, when times are going well for us, we need relationship. And if anything, that's where God has shown himself the most faithful. Because every time that I've wondered, "What what are you trying to show us? What are you wanting us to do? He has kept pointing, Julia and I, and the people in our house church back to Who should we be connecting with? Who should we be trying to bless? It's always gone back to that individual relationship. And he's like, that's where I want you to be faithful. And I'm going to give you the power to be faithful. 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8. It says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all. Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. You know, this passage is interesting to me for a number of reasons because when you think the end of all things is near, you know, what do you guys think about? I think about these reality shows where people are like digging out holes in their backyards and, you know, uh, storing up stuff in the larder and they're getting ready, you know. They're getting ready for the long haul, right? But this says God's perspective, his way of looking at life is to say, yeah, the end of all things is near. First of all, build your relationship with me. Look at the vertical. Pray. Be sober-minded, it says, right? In other words, don't let the anxieties of this time take you over. But look to me. Build into me. Resist that tendency that we have when things are getting rough to run around like chickens with our heads cut off, you know, which I've never seen that, but that sounds like a gross thing. But, you know, we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be panicked people. We want to be people who are building into our Heavenly Father who is faithful. And it goes on from there and it says, and I want you to focus on the horizontal. I want you to love each other and it doesn't stop there it adds you know a, a clarification a, uh, a modifier deeply go deep with one another because love covers over a multitude of sins it's so easy when things are getting haywire when things are going sideways for people to just stop loving one another look at what they're doing in the middle of all this. The end of all things is near. They should be a little wiser than that, or they should be doing this, or, you know. Love covers over a multitude of sins. God knows our need for relationship, especially in the middle of hardship. And I think He's done that. Last week, uh, John McElroy uh, was talking up here, and he mentioned that when he and Karis and their family got involved with the Morrises and their house church, They were really blessed by that and they thought great we can get connected with community and and uh, we're really looking forward to this and then the pandemic hit and they thought everything has gone south well it was a nice dream I guess it's not gonna happen but what he saw instead is that God had grown their church he had grown their house church they had deeper bonds with one another even in the middle of the pandemic God is faithful and particularly, he's faithful in helping us to build and grow relationships around him. And like I said, every time I've wondered about what it is that God is trying to do in the midst of this, he keeps pointing me back to individual relationships and the people in our house church that he's called us to invest in, both Julie and I. (laughs) And you think about that, we do know God can do big things, right? The, The plagues in Egypt, that was big. He's capable of that. He did make the heavens and the earth. He's got that kind of power. He's got that kind of might. But what do you hear God talk about over and over again, especially Jesus in the gospel? It's down on the micro level. He's talking about mustard seeds and kernels of wheat and one person laying down their life for another person. The only logical thing, since God is faithful in his relationship with us, is for us to be in our, faithful in our relationships with each other. Now look at 1 John 3.16, it pretty much reiterates that. By the way, great, <clears throat> this is a memory aid for, for you, and you know, John 3.16, everybody knows, 1 John 3.16 is a great companion. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And I said, and sisters right (laughs) he did it he did it for all and we should be doing it for one another his sacrifice was for us yes so we could be forgiven so we could be adopted so so we could escape judgment all those things are true but ultimately what is it about it's so that we could know the father as the father the creator of the universe we could have a relationship with him you know one of the chief ways that God calls us to deeply love one another and lay down our lives for each other is personal discipleship you know we're well familiar with Matthew 28 I figure you know what I need to keep being reminded of my primary mission in life so I'm going to bring this back up here today Jesus said came to them and said all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything i have commanded you and surely i am with you always to the very end of the age this is really folks if you think about that this is remarkable you know, we we've just come out of uh, uh, you know, and we're kind of in the middle of, in a certain ways, um, a time uh, where a lot of discussion is happening around authority, right? What do you do with authority? If you have authority, what do you get to do with that? <laughs> well, Jesus does have authority. He's got the ultimate authority. He says, "All authority on." In heaven and on earth has been given to him and he's committed to be with us till he returns giving us the power and the desire to obey his will and again this is let's let's look at this in comparison to Exodus 34 Jesus had that same kind of power available to him he could have and he you know the Bible does talk about it. he will there will be a day of judgment but what did he tell his guys and ladies to do? He's got all authority in heaven and on earth. And what does he focus on? He focuses on relationship. (laughs) He tells them to go make relationships that are about me. I mean, he could have done the razzle-dazzle at this point, right? If you've got that level of power, and he did give them He said i want you to go out and preach my name and and you know there's there were signs and wonders that we see in the book of acts and and uh, certainly gifts that are described in the new testament along those lines but the focus is never on that i want you to go build deeply i want you to love deeply just like peter writes i want you to love deeply by making disciples of all nations i want you to build into those who've made a decision for me and I want you to lay down your life for those who don't know me yet, so they might know me and come to maturity in me. This is quite an amazing thing. He's, he's been granted this kind of authority, and then he said, here, I'm committing that authority and that power to work through you. He is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine, right? but it's according to his power that's at work within us. And what's the primary way that he wants to demonstrate his power through us? Discipleship, investment. I want to look at a familiar passage to us, Ephesians 4. It's familiar because it talks about the gift, giving of leaders to the, the church, but this isn't uh, really about that so much as it's about all the rest of us says instead speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is christ from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work what's being described here this is discipleship this is the every member ministry of the church and think about that for a minute God may use me as a member of a house church to love and speak truth to members of that house church. Maybe I'm a a house church leader and I lead discussions in that group, and that's good. God uses that. He may use me in having conversations with people after a house church meeting. He might use me here at a gathering after Justin's done talking, right, to have a good conversation with somebody. That's all the work of God, right? He might use me in incidental ways in social media or a text message or something like that to impact others for maturity. But what does it really take to get to maturity? It takes a committed relationship. It takes a committed relationship. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. I did want to talk about maturity for a second because that's been brought up. It was brought up in Ephesians 4. You know, this is kind of the short list of what I see in the Bible as far as maturity goes it says our discipleship and our deep love for one another ought to be taking us this way right it ought to be taking us to a love of God's Word and and uh, not just reading it but taking it and 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 figuring out how does this apply to things in my life and the lives of other people and what I'm seeing going on in the world getting to know the Bible so well that you can use it to evaluate, right, what's going on. It says to be able to discern good and evil and able to teach another person what it says and how to apply it. You're a person who's committed to, to fellowship. That's a top priority for you, like when it comes to the family of God and, you know, Yeah, when it comes to the family of God, I want to be with my people, not under a sense of guilt, but because I get to. It's a privilege. This is how the mature looks at fellowship. This person is praying on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and petitions. Life is prayer for the mature, life is prayer. And this is an individual who has compassion for those who don't know Jesus yet. They share their faith. They're praying for opportunities to have God's space in their relationships so they can find out where that person's coming from and care about them and, and be able to share how God has changed their lives. This is a priority. This is something they're praying for. And they're committed to discipleship in their personal lives, and they know that discipleship isn't done until they see the person that they're pouring into pouring into another but for maturity to happen and for me to get on board with that I need to be laying my life down so that others might gain life and I need to be receiving that kind of life as well the kind of life that's described in 1st John 3:16. and it isn't me I'm nothing special it's just this amazing promise of Jesus that he made in the Great Commission that he will be with us always to the very end of the age. Where does he say that? He says that in the context of this, of this commandment, this commission to make disciples, which is all hinged on relationship. He's going to empower us to this. And it's not just one way. As I said before, I need others investing in me as well. You know, um, I've thought about this quite a bit because I have a lot of different relationships in the church, and it's like, well, some people, God gives me uh, a period of time where I'm kind of like walking alongside them, maybe coaching them through a specific thing that's going on in their lives. That's good, okay? We should do that. Sometimes I'm just um, getting to know somebody in more of a friendly way, and it's it's, uh, what I would call more of a casual relationship I have with somebody in the church, also good, right? Um, recreating and eating meals and and having fun and playing games and talking about sports and kids and your job that's all part of being a human being right but discipleship incorporates all of that and says I'm going to meet with another one other person and we're going to bring all of that stuff and we're going to say Lord we want all that to be under your authority and leadership We want to see you redeem all of those things about our lives. And we want to spur one another on to live like that. And finding one other person who will do that with you. It's a commitment to living out the one another commands with another person in discipleship. Somebody that you can admonish and you can be admonished by. That you can correct and be corrected by. Someone you can teach and be taught by. Someone who you can give mercy to and you can receive mercy from. Someone who can forgive you and you can forgive. Right? Because anytime you get intimate with people, you're going to hit that. Somebody that you can confess sins to and who you can hear the, the sins of. This is a kind of relationship i'm talking about here is personal it might start out casual um, but it's going to go towards the intimate and it's going to go towards the intimate around the lord it's intentional it's one of the top priorities for me i'm not giving up this time except for an exceptional reason like i said it's making decisions because a lot of times you don't feel like building in this way with somebody. It's, it's making a decision to obey the Lord's command and say, by your power, Lord, I want to go towards somebody in the one another commands. And I want to do it in a regular, consistent way. Um, and it's committed. It's a committed relationship. Um, I think at least weekly that you're committed to being with somebody. And uh, I usually spend a couple hours with guys. But it's a commitment. And you think about it, it makes sense, right? Ephesians 4.15 and 16 are true, and we're actually supposed to be building into one another in that kind of way, and we're supposed to be laying down our lives for one another by pouring out our lives for each other, First John 3.16. That's going to take commitment. That's going to take a regular Uh, Intentional personal time with somebody else—it's how it would be with a spouse. I mean, it'd be crazy, right? I've heard this analogy before. What if you treated your spouse like you treated—I'm not saying we do this, but some people treat church, right? Yeah, well, we we get together once a week and we kind of—you know—we we listen to a message together and then we go our separate ways. And it's like, what kind of relationship is that, right? We want to build into one another in the church. We want to build into brothers and sisters in a way that's deep, and that's going to take a personal, intentional, and committed time. It should be a time of being in the Word with those folks, a time in the Bible or maybe a good Christian book, a time of prayer, time of of what is going on in their relationship with the Lord and you talking about what's going on with you and discussion about ministry this this is a framework that a guy I, I respect a lot Gary Lashman uses when he talks about discipleship but it's good and I've used it and it's simple anybody can access this for discipleship right let's commit to reading the book of Ephesians for a while and get a good commentary, and kind of has a, have it as a companion, and let's let's read it together. Let's make sure to pray. Let's make sure to talk about what's going on in your life and my life with the Lord. And uh, you know, let's talk about the ministry. You know, talk about how your efforts to reach out to your neighbor are going, or talk about how your efforts to invest in somebody in the house church is going. That's discipleship. You know, it takes, for me, what I've seen, because I've been doing this now for about 30 years, it takes that kind of faithful commitment. You know I get back to that, right? It takes that kind of faithful commitment to get down to core issues that keep me from following the Lord wholeheartedly. Programs and tools are good, and we should have them. They they supply insights and motivation and inspiration to keep us on mission but there's no replacement for a weekly commitment of believers meeting to know god and know each other and spur one another on to love and good deeds you think about paul for a minute this is a guy that did amazing things what did god call him to be faithful to in in response to the lord's faithfulness in his life planting churches yep did that proclaiming the gospel to to scary people in scary places yep he was faithful with that Uh, suffering for the name of christ yep but the essence of what paul was about and what god had called him to is in colossians 1 28 and 29 he says he is the one we proclaim and he's referring to that proclaiming ministry god had given him says this is he is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ because it wasn't just a a proclamation ministry it was a personal discipleship ministry that Paul was involved in he was investing in people and he says to this end I strenuously contend with all the energy Think about all that he did. He says, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me to work towards the maturity of other people. God is calling us to be committed to the spiritual maturity of one another. He has been faithful. It's not like he's doing this out of a sense of, you know, we should do this out of a sense of guilt. When I think about this ministry of discipleship, it should be a response of gratitude. Because he's invested in me like this. The only logical response is to invest in you guys. Invest in people in my house church. Raising people up to maturity was God's call on Paul's life, and that's his call on our lives. You know, I've been, like I said, involved in discipleship for some time and over 30 years now. And I look back at that and I'm like, where in the world did those years go? (laughs) And um, I know some of you can relate to that. I've received it. I've given it. I've I've been involved with people. I've mentored people that were younger in the faith than me. I've walked alongside people that were were about the, at the same place. What I would call a peer. It's all discipleship. It's all good. I've seen ups and downs in that. I'm not going to say oh yeah every person I've personally invested in has gone on and then done that with the next person down the line and you know and now they're you know working for you know global ministries and things like that. That's awesome when that happens. But God has called us to be faithful, to invest in each other, regardless of the outcome. Because that's how he is with us. He is faithful to come towards us. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And when did he do that? When we were yet enemies. There was no guarantee of the outcome. He's calling us to do something scary in a way to be invested in relationships like he is but he's not telling us to do that without his power you know over the years like I said I've been involved in a lot of the lives of a lot of guys one guy (coughs) is uh, is pastoring uh, a church in New Hampshire right now and you know this was one of my golden moments right in ministry is Jake who some of you guys know who you know, we meet to, to grow in our relationship with God. Um, <clears throat> he got to meet this guy last summer, and I was like, Lord, that is, I don't deserve that. <laughs> I've also discipled a guy who's currently in prison for the next 10 years. There's no guarantees of what's gonna happen, and there's no regrets because even the guy that's currently in prison, God's not done with him yet. I know that. God is calling for us simply to be faithful, to be available to him like he's been available to us. And a fair warning, as you're thinking about this and you're hearing me speak today, and I do want you to think here again, how has God been faithful to me? Because that should motivate our response to this. Satan will throw up roadblocks. If you think about it, if this is the last thing that, that Jesus said to his disciples, where do you think this is on the priority list for Jesus? And how do you think Satan's going to respond to Jesus' priorities? <laughs> you'll face roadblocks. You'll, you'll get filled with negative emotions about the person that you feel like God's calling you to invest in you'll you'll run you'll run through some things that's why it's got to be a decision to go in response to him that's done prayerfully and that's also done with the support of the rest of the body as well pray for me i'm thinking about going and talking to so and so about meeting for discipleship every week can you pray about that and i want to i want to let you know this too sometimes when you get into discipleship it's for a season you know, I've done times with people where it's been for six weeks or a couple months, and you evaluate it. You say, how do you, guys, how do you think this is going, man? Uh, I don't know. I, maybe it's a little too much for me, right? Okay, cool. Well, you know, let's just keep hanging out and being friends, but, you know, we can kind of back off this side of it. We, we should always be open to the Spirit's leading about discipleship. There have been other guys I've met with for several years in discipleship. He just wants us to be faithful to go towards the people he's calling us to go towards and i'll tell you even in the days of failure i wouldn't give it up and here's here's the reason why because to be involved in the ministry of discipleship in the church is to be near to the heart of christ and i want to be near that heart so Justin's starting a series next week on leadership and we do need all kinds of leaders in our church. We need people that can lead small groups. We need people who can lead house churches. We need service ministry leaders. We need family ministry leaders. We need new eldership. You know, we do need we we need but ultimately we're saying God supply. But not all of us are called to fill all of those kind of roles. But this one, where we each find one other person to come alongside of, to grow in our love of Christ and love of one another and love of the body, we're all called to that. So as you're hearing this, maybe you're feeling overwhelmed. I want to acknowledge that, we're busy people you know, I, I heard Ryan's like, man, go, 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 right? He is faithful. For, the, for any of this to get done, it's going to have to be him working through people that are available to him. And that starts with the heart. So really what I'm asking as we, as we wrap things up today is would you commit to pray with me? Would you commit for the next week to ask God who it is in your house church and if you're not in a house church I would say pray and ask God to show you about getting involved in a house church but if you're in a house church I would say pray with me for the next week and say Lord who is it that you would want me to get into this kind of relationship with who would you want me to start meeting with for discipleship Who do you want me to get together with to pray and study your word and um talk about our lives with you and talk about um ministry and how you're using us to serve others who is that person and you know what we might get here next sunday and i'm going to have you guys say your name no i'm not going to do that um you might get here next sunday and say i didn't hear anything and um you think i'm going to let you off the hook no what i'd say is this if you don't feel like you've heard anything from god this week commit to praying another week and if you didn't hear anything that week pray for another one in fact what i'm really asking you to do is we're going into 2021 there's nothing more important we've just discussed this god is faithful and he wants us to be faithful Pray for the month of January. Who is it, Lord, that you would want me to come alongside of? For whatever length of time you want me to do that. And Just to wrap up, I want to go back to that verse. Oh, yeah, and I did mention here. Fast and pray about that. (laughs) This is so important. This is worthy of our prayers. You know, and and in 1 John 5, it talks about we can be confident that God hears us and will respond to us when we pray in accordance with his will. There's, we can be clear that discipleship is in the will of God. He is going to give you an answer on this. Even if it, you know, he is going to give you an answer. So, yeah. Yeah. So, did I have one more? I wanted to go back to Ephesians 4 if it's, if it's on the next slide. Thanks. Just as a reminder, instead of speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. And how does that happen? How do we reach maturity in Christ? It's by each one of us joined and held together to one another. Growing and building ourselves up in love as each part commits to doing this, living this kind of life. So just to wrap it up here today, we've got our four points that we like to talk about. Who is God? He is faithful. What has he done? He has shown himself faithful to us over and over, beginning with the sacrifice of his son and giving his Holy Spirit to us. He was the first one that was committed to a deep life transforming relationship with us. And now he's asking us to do the same. Who are we? We are the people that he made that sacrifice for. We get to enjoy relationship with our Heavenly Father because of his faithfulness. And how do we get to live? As we have been faithfully loved, we are free. And I want to emphasize that. We have the freedom now to do the same. We have the privilege of being able to live like God lives. So let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you that uh, you are faithful. When I consider this uh, ministry of discipleship, I wouldn't even engage it if I wasn't confident of that. Because one thing that's uh, been clear to me, Lord, I don't have the power or the wisdom or the maturity even to make a dent in somebody else's life. But you have chosen by your grace to use ordinary people like me and us to carry out your will and to show yourself faithful in the lives of each other and in the lives of those that don't even know you yet. Lord, we need you. We, we can't even begin to think about this. Begin to think about how to be faithful like you're faithful unless we know that you've got our backs and that you've given us the spirit to get along and to do this. We love you, Lord. We do want our lives to more and more reflect who you are, and we know that discipleship's at the heart of that. So, Lord, guide us. I pray that even now you would each start showing us that person that in this time in this day for the next couple months or maybe for the rest of this year that you want us to be investing in in a one-on-one way and we ask it in your name Jesus amen